Um, you're going to do a song for us, right? Yes, ma'am. Whistling on my mind. Yes. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. podcast on the athletic network it's thursday may 27th appreciate all of y'all for taking the time to join us today i'm j.e skeets rolling with the homie tass mellis hey everybody hey tassie got my top shot hot boy fellow freak trey kirby hey hey yo the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friend (laughs) and last but not least making the magic happen is jd hello there he is, and here we are. Shout out to our buddy Jared for coming through with that cold open. Oh. Crazy whistle man. <laughs> what a I haven't seen that for, I don't years and years at this point, but oh, to see him flapping that mullet, I don't even understand how the whistle is coming out of his mouth, mm. really? Just blowing by the teeth, I suppose? Legendary stuff. Yeah, people and a are going crazy fan. in the stream team. Yeah, people are saying this is a top 10 all time. Basically for that kid's face at the end, <laughs> dumbfounded by this whistling man. I like the uh, reaction of the older guy in the crowd, too, at the end. It's oh, like, yeah. what am I watching? What is going on? Why am old, I at this show? Old Pete Buttigieg in the crowd. <laughs> uh, shout out to the stream team as well for joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave your comments, of course, below the video. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We are getting oh so close to 40,000 subs. Man, it takes a while to get there. <laughs> I remember when we thought we were going to get there in a weekend once upon a time. Uh, that was like a month ago. But anyway, keep subscribing. Share the show with your friends. And uh, we'll get to 40K soon enough. And then we'll get to 50K. And hell, maybe Lee will whistle that Slim Dusty song or whatever the heck you were going to do. What do you think? Can you whistle it? No, not really. Not no? like that. You know, I mean, I can whistle, but not just like not with that. any tune or anything like that. I just, you know. Oh, you that's know. not bad. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Know. Be so hard on yourself. Come on, yeah. man. That's pretty nice. I used to be able to wish, whistle patience by Guns N' Roses, but I've done it for a while. Maybe I'll bring that one back. <laughs> okay, that's what should be the uh, you know the the reward. That'll be forty thousand. Okay, 40K. okay, forty k. You'll whistle a Guns N' Roses song here on the show. Awesome. Uh, send in your questions and comments for the next Beach Step and Podcast. Email them into no dunks at theathletic.com. We hit the beach yesterday uh, on Wednesday afternoon to answer your NBA and non NBA questions. Had some fun. We discussed uh, key role players to all 16 playoff teams and which squads were actually cheering on. We'd like to see go far in the playoffs, maybe which teams we wouldn't care to uh, see move on. We discussed how many belts a man should own, uh, decided on our wrestling gimmicks and moves and the faction we've come up with. We are now (laughs) forever known as the Marina. (laughs) We got uh, Jumbo Trey. We got... I guess we got Motorboat Lee. <laughs> I'm Speedboat. We got to figure out who Tass and JD are. I mean, somebody's got to be maybe Tugboat. I don't know who wants to be that. <laughs> tugboat. Who wants to be the deep Tassie tug? Tugboat is pretty good. Tugboat Tass. JD, maybe you're like a luxury yacht or something. I don't mm, know. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. Or a sub. I'm a sub. I like being underwater. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're perfect. a submarine. Oh, that's perfect. All right. We're the marina, man. I also enjoy a sandwich. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, what else happened? Oh, Lee uh, shared a story in photos about uh, the time you went to a wedding in Florence. <laughs> That's the type of thing that happens on beach stepping. So uh, go watch that video or listen to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, finally, grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Okay, let's get to the games. Yeah, we'll get to the whole popcorn thing a little bit later in the show. But let's actually start with the basketball here first. Derek Rose, 
Julius Randle, rally the Knicks, pass the Hawks, to tie the series at one game apiece. Lili, get us started. What was the big takeaway from this one? Well, another banger, I thought. Another good, tough playoff game. And uh, all going pretty much to plan for the Hawks at halftime, apart from foul trouble to John Collins. Comfortable lead. Trey Young was carving the Knicks up. Uh, and the crowd, funnily enough, Considering we've gone so long without crowds, the crowd was silent pretty much uh, heading into that second uh, half or into the half there because of the job that Trey Young and the Hawks had done. Julius Randle was struggling. And outside of Derrick Rose, the Knicks really didn't have any offense going. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that carried over to pretty much halfway through the third. But then it all changed because the Knicks went cold. Julius Randle woke up uh, and the Knicks got hot. And that then sort of carried over to the fourth, certainly the start of the fourth quarter there because everyone started scoring for the Knicks. Trey Young sat out, as he often does, the start of that fourth quarter. The Knicks had the lead up to 10. Trey came back in and basically tied the game within three minutes. Again, just a masterful performance from him, running a couple of pick and rolls there with Clint Capella, scoring himself. Uh, And it was tied at 91 with five minutes to go. And the Knicks uh, and the Hawks could score only one more point for the rest of the game. And uh, whereas the Knicks, everyone got going and that crowd got rocking again. Obi Toppin, uh, I think he only hit one basket at the end, but it was a big one and the crowd was going wild. And uh, look, I think big picture, the Hawks come away from this going, you know what? We'll take a split. We've stolen home court advantage. And if we hold serve at home, we can close this series out in six. But it sure felt like this was one that they probably should have won. Um, And in that second half, particularly their two really nice shooters, Gallinari and Bogdanovich, just couldn't hit a three. A lot of them, I felt, especially Gallinari's, were were open enough that he should have hit more than one. They combined to go one for 12. Uh, Pretty good looks, I thought. Um, If they hit a couple of those, it's not this close, I think. And the Hawks do probably come away with a 2-0 victory. But it doesn't matter because uh, big picture is that Julius Randle did get it going in that second half. Uh, and the Knicks had a, had a good comeback and a good win. And, uh, and now they come down to Atlanta feeling, I guess, you know, confident that they uh, at least got, they're not down 0-2. But if you're the Hawks, I think if you can generate the same looks in game three and four down in, here in Atlanta, they're going to feel pretty good that they can get, uh, you know, take a sort of 3-1 lead in this series. Because I, I thought they outplayed the Knicks, but they just couldn't hit the shots. And uh, something Greg Popovich talks about all the time. Sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't. Um, and the Knicks sort of capitalized on that. So uh, really, uh, Derek Rose, again, was the one that kept them in it. Um, and then in that fourth quarter, as I mentioned, everyone scored for the Knicks who, who played in the fourth quarter, even if it was only one basket, um, and they got a good victory. So great series. I think we're set up for something special here. Um, I think the Hawks, though, probably do have the advantage at this point. Trey, I was watching this game, and I was thinking about your answer on the beach when you were talking about, as a Bulls fan, you're like, you know what? I don't want to see the Knicks go that far. You know, you've obviously got some history there back to the 90s between these two squads. But I'm watching this game and Derrick Rose going crazy, keeping the Knicks in it. Taj Gibson playing huge minutes. And I'm like, hold on. These are the Bulls with Tibbs coaching. Uh, what did you What did you think from these performances from both those guys, but especially Derrick Rose, who at least said, I mean, he kept them in the game. It felt like at times it was like, sort of five-on-one, just offensively-wise, like the Hawks, like you said, generating good looks, Trey Young doing his thing. And then it was just like, just Derrick Rose for a good stretch of this game until Julius Randle got going. You want to talk about feeling like the Bulls? It was like 2011 all over again. The defense was there for the Knicks, and it was just Derrick Rose had to take over and be the only guy, basically, who was scoring. He finished 9 for 21 on the night. Felt like he shot a lot better with the way he was playing. 26 points on 21 shots. That's not incredible, but you throw in another four assists and the fact that the Knicks in general were just not able to score, basically, for the first half. Um, I don't know. Between that and uh, starting Alfred Payton for the first half and Sitting him for the start of the second half, which Tibbs did, that was a very Keith Bogans move, so I assume we'll keep seeing the honorary start, as Kenny Smith was calling it, uh, during halftime, but yeah, I mean, Rose was massive for the Knicks, especially there in the second half, and Julius Randle coming alive, hitting a three-pointer to kick things off there in the third quarter. I thought that was massive, too. You never have to worry about Tom Thibodeau playing his guys long enough. I would be a little... A little concernicus, though, if I were a Hawks fan thinking, why did Trey Young sit for six minutes during the third quarter and fourth quarter when obviously he's out there? He's been the best player in the series so Mm -hmm. far. Had about eight points in six possessions or something like that. Tied the game up just like you're saying, Skeets. But I don't know. We're heading to games three and four here in Atlanta. Got to get those minutes up towards 40, I would have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, the story after game one was... uh... 
Trey going to McMillan saying, leave Lou in there. He's, he's cooking right now, so let him stay out a little bit longer. But uh, what do you think about what Trey's saying there, Tass? Uh, did, did Nate, should, have you, should he have leaned on Trey Young a little bit more in this last night's game? Um, and what do you think of the series moving forward, tied at one? As a, it, it's sure shaping up to be a seven-game series, I think, as, as we all basically expected. Yeah, game one turns uh, when Lou Williams just gets going late in the third quarter and early in the fourth quarter. Hawks were down. This could have been a Knicks, you know, 1-0 series lead, and Lou Williams comes out. And, and, you know, then after the fact in game two, everybody pointing out, hey, where the hell is Trey? I think the balance is Bogdan Bogdanovich should be out there with Lou Williams because Bogdan can create his own shot. Uh, and uh, and instead of a guy like Tony Snell out there, just just throw out Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think that's the balance. That's you stagger your stars is is the key here. I think Bogdan sitting for those minutes was kind of the mistake, uh, and that's why the Knicks got that lead. And the Knicks got that lead, and and Julius Randle came alive because he was playing uh, alongside Derrick Rose to start that third quarter, I think. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things with a guy in his first playoff appearance – it's harder to start at home. It's nice and easy, I think, for Trey Young to start on the road. And I think Julius Randle has come alive. It took him three halves to come alive. But I, hopefully going on the road for him, he'll feel good. Uh, because it took him only 16 shots to get 15 points on the night instead of 23 to get uh, his total of 15 in game one. So, uh, you know, he couldn't find it in his, his first three halves. But, uh, you know, Derrick Rose being beside him, taking some of the pressure off will help. I don't think Derrick Rose starts in game one. Uh, I know it's it's wild to think Alfred Payton is going to start and set him and play five minutes and then sit the rest of the game. Derrick Rose start the second half. But uh, I think, you know, they, uh, Tibbs kind of knows that Derrick Rose can't play 35 minutes and he wants him to finish the game, so he doesn't want to burn him out at the beginning of the game. Uh, it is a special situation with Derrick Rose. He's in his 30s. He isn't Derrick Rose of 2011, and uh, that's probably what's going to happen. It's weird, but maybe Julius Randle can carry the offense at the beginning of the game uh, because he's starting to feel uh, a lot better. But, yeah, as far as the Hawks go... Yeah, it'd be nice to get Trey to 40. Uh, be nice to not miss open shots. They missed five wide open threes yeah. those last three minutes. And so Trey got it going. He got on the floor. Uh, he got it going himself. And he decided, instead of what he did in game one, to end the game killing the Knicks with his own shooting, he decided to pass it up. And it didn't work. <laughs> Bogdanovich was 2 of 13 in this game from three. That was the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest difference for me. Bogey just not being able to find the hole. Uh, but... You know, I think a lot of those shots go in. Uh, on, on any other night, it's a tough crowd to play in front of. They got one at home. Now they just got to you know, do their deed at home themselves, the Hawks do. Yeah, Reggie Bullock coming alive there, too, in the second half. I thought he was huge. He hit the one that had the place rocking there. I think that was the one maybe that tied it up. Derek Rose, too. Tass, were you going nuts? Is he hitting the deepest dinker and dumpers we've ever seen? <laughs> you see that one? I mean, sexy. I know it's a Rose, like, it's that little, like, shot put. Like, uh, it's not That's a floater. since the yeah, MVP year. He's so far shot. out. Yeah, it's amazing. But it's, it's sort of a dinker and dumper when you think about it. Yeah. That way he's chucking it up there. Um, that was the one that put them up. Places going insane. I mean, you saw them celebrating after Lee, like they, like like MSG and the Knicks faithful just won a championship. There's one game, a one game of a playoff series. It's been a long time, and they are like celebrating out in the streets, like a, you know, it's a ticker parade there. Yeah, when you're the home team, though, the best feeling is when you're down big because that could have been a 20 point lead at halftime if a couple of shots close out at the, in, in the end of that second quarter. There, if you're down and your team comes back, that's the best feeling because you're mm-hmm. like, oh man, we're going home with a loss. And then your team rallies and comes back for a victory. And again, like Taj Gibson had a huge two handed dunk. Talk about 2010. I think I uh, nominated him for the dunk contest at one time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you did. did. Yeah, that was the because I think thing it was after he threw down on Dwayne Wade that time in transition. That was his. Uh, right. That was his big dunk. But um, you know, that was a thing. Like, everyone seemed to get going. Once that crowd got back into it, then it made it tough for the uh, Hawks. But, uh, again, they got the looks. I think they. I think Nate McMillan's like, listen, that's the sort of offense we want to get where, you know, Trey Young early on, I mean, he was hitting some deep bombs. That second quarter for him was fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, when he went on that 12-1 run, the Hawks did, he hit the logo three, yeah. which was crazy deep. Then he had that sick reverse layup yeah. uh, through traffic. Knocked down another jumper, hit another three, and yeah, that made it that made it like a fifteen point lead, and it yeah. was looking great for Atlanta with Julius struggling, only Derrick Rose really contributing for the Knicks. And you're right, it was like, ooh, they might steal both of these games on the road yeah. here. And then, of course, what happened as we just talked about in the uh, second half, Hawks went cold. Knicks turned up their defense too, and then 
Yeah, they just actually had guys knocking threes, including Randall yeah. and Bullock, like I said. I would also put Bullock on Trey Young a little bit more, uh, I think, for, if I'm Tibbs. I think because he's a bit taller, a bit longer, uh, a little bit like we saw Aaron Gordon on, on, on Lillard. Now, Trey Young's got range. He can shoot it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I just think when he does uh, sort of penetrate a little bit, I think uh, Reggie Bullock can stick with him a little better than uh, some of their other defenders they've been throwing at him. So we'll see if uh, Tibbs makes that move. On, in game three, because uh, Trey Young so far, I mean, he hasn't really had any real defensive pressure where he struggled because when he's hitting that three, if you come out on him, then he can go inside and uh, he's got the uh, options, whether you go to Capella or you fire it out to those guys on the wings. They've just got to hit the shots and that's uh, that's the way the Hawks like to play. Derrick Rose did play 39 minutes in this game, which is wild. Um, but you don't, do you agree with Tass, Trey, like, Tibbs will stick with Alfred Payton, and he will yeah. start game three. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. He'll play five minutes, just like so he did uh, in game two. Yeah, I'm, it's fine. You want Derrick Rose there at the end of the game, and if he's playing 40 minutes, he played more minutes than Trey Young, a guy who should have been an all-star this year, and right. who is obviously much younger. Uh, but one name I don't think we have said once in our two recaps of this series, John Collins. Anybody seen him? Mm. 12 points on 5 of 11 shooting, 9 rebounds, through two games, he's basically been invisible. He's definitely been helping on Julius Randle, but he's not drawn that uh, matchup primarily. Uh, so, yeah, John Collins has to be better, I think, um, coming here back to Atlanta. This is a guy who could be the third star for the Hawks. Some nights he is, but he has done nothing so far mm-hmm. in this playoff series. Yeah, I wonder if he's costing himself some bucks here uh, going Possibly. into his, his free agency or you know, like the Knicks uh, are, uh, you know, making Alfred Payton the honorary starter, as you put it, Trey. Uh, you know, maybe the the Hawks give Collins the honorary contract. Like he, they offered him four years, ninety million. He turned it down. Let's give it to him again uh, and make him sign it again. Like he has not been himself for sure. Uh, they try and get him going at the beginning of every first quarter with a corner three, uh, mm-hmm. but but it's just. Uh, they're looking for three-point shots, and John Collins, you know, isn't an ideal three-point shooter. They've got better three-point shooters on the floor. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of, you know, in purgatory there with what he does. But I, I do think he would, he would uh, uh, sign with this team, and I think he will sign with this team, and, and he should be a big part of them going forward. I couldn't help but think, you know, you talk about Reggie Bullock guarding Trey Young. I couldn't help but think of free agency Lonzo Ball would love to be on this team as the starting point guard for the Knicks as a guy guarding other uh, you know, point guards and getting out there and uh, getting a monstrous contract uh, this offseason from the Knicks. It just seems like too perfect a fit. So can't wait for July, August. August, August is when free agency happens. <laughs> yeah, July, we still got the finals. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so game three, this series uh, played in a couple days here. First playoff game at the State Farm Arena since its renovation there in 2018. And something that we're all fascinated to find out is... How many Knicks fans are going to be in the building uh, for what I believe is full capacity uh, yep. that they've said now here in Georgia? So that's the question mark. How many, you know, the Hawks fans, they're, they're there. They're loyal. But will they be outnumbered, Lily, down at the Fortress there uh, with a bunch of, you know, Derrick Rose and Randall and even Mello yeah. and Jeremy Lin jerseys, whatever? Yeah, it's funny because Derrick Rose has got a loyal following as well. And now that he's obviously on the Knicks, that, uh, that's gonna, it's going to be pretty close. I mean, the Hawks yeah. should have more fans, but it won't be like 80-20. I think it's going to be really close. <laughs> I, like, and we've been to games here in Atlanta yeah. where, be it the Lakers, maybe the Celtics, where if it's a close game, it it's actually makes for a really fun atmosphere because yeah. they're oh, cheering yeah. every time because of uh, you know the sort of 50-50 split. It's not ideal for Hawks fans. You know, uh, supporters no. uh, having half their half their arena with the uh, opposition there, fans. But it does make for a cool uh, experience when you're there. So sure we will does. see. And uh, yeah, did everybody? Can everybody remind me? Like I had this one in seven. I had Knicks in seven. Did everybody go seven, or did we have a six in the mix too? I had a sixer in yeah. the mixer for the Hawks. So <laughs> feeling feeling decent about still that. feeling decent about that, man. Yeah, I just I think they they've played better both games. It just. You're gonna lose on the road. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily trust them to win both home games, but 
Uh, the way Trey Young has come out and played in his first playoff performance, he's been running the show when he's out there. He feels yeah. super duper confident, and it helps that his floater goes down in the first game uh, to end the game. But he carried it over into game two, and he said, see you in the A, dropping it, dropping it, everybody yelling at him, dropping the, the upside down A, see it down there. So I think he feels he feels good, and, and Bogdan can't shoot like that. He just hits a couple threes. This game goes the other way. But Randall's feeling good too. So hopefully the Stars are you know playing their capabilities because it kind of sucks watching Julius Randall just not be Julius Randall of, of the entire season. Will the Hawks fans come up with a weird lame-ass chant to uh, try and get in the head of uh, one of the Knicks players? Like yes. MSG with the, Trey is balding. Uh, yes. the, the paper printout. Here's what I know. This, this is a, honestly, Skeets, uh, MSG as the best arena to watch a game. Ooh. Took a few L's last yeah. night, if we're being quite <laughs> honest. Because passing out a cheer sheet, that's something you get at a college or maybe in the sixth man at a Hawks game. I thought Knicks fans were supposed to be smart uh, you know, they know the game. They know when to cheer. They know when to boo. You got to pass out something about that? Mm. Super lame. That was a major L to me. Bigger L that was spitting on Trey Young. Just mm. the wackest stuff imaginable from Knicks fans. Yeah, a weird night for fans in general. Again, we'll get to the popcorn. Yeah, have you seen the clip? Uh, it's like someone in like the second or third row, yeah. I guess, right there, uh, right by the fl- by the court. And you see spit come. Uh, it, I don't think it hits Trey. It almost lands on like the I woman in the sort front. Of- he Does he react to it? Reacts, I can't tell. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's, it's that weird. or if he is just sort of like, I don't know. It's it's obviously, if that is true and that guy did it, ban him for life oh, forever. Of course. I mean, uh, and oh, oh, honestly, bring charges against him because that is just yeah. grotesque and stupid. And uh, that's just way too far. I will, I will say this about the, uh, the paper handout. I happened to be at a soccer <clears throat> football game in, in England once upon a time <laughs> yeah, yep. at a Crystal Palace game. And they handed out uh, a, basically like an encyclopedia chance. There was like 15 on there. It was too many. I think what the Knicks did right was they just kept it super short and simple. Like I, when I was at the, the football game, I couldn't understand which one they were going to. They just went to the top two or three of the 15 anyways. Why did you need 15 on there? At, at least the Knicks, like, the the goal was achieved, right? They were chanting it. They did and chant it. Whether it's dumb or not, I mean, they were they were into it. Um, you know, it just could have been a better chant. Yeah, you know? I mean, it also just sounded like Trey is balling, which he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, just a weird choice, I think, to go with that. I mean, you might as well yeah. just uh, you might as well just stick with the fu uh, Trey or something like that at this point uh, that instead that of printing good, it out. Yeah, yeah I think great. his hair looks good, by the way. I, I think he's <laughs> he's filled it out more than. And in times past, like he's letting it flow for sure. That's yeah. longer for sure. He shouldn't. He shouldn't come home. You know, bald men say, "Come on home, man. Just shave it off. Come on home." No, no, let it fly. It looks good. I think it looks. If, good. if the Knicks somehow get to the conference finals and take on the Nets, will they have to print out uh, Durant is balding? Uh, you know. <laughs> piece of paper and hand it out to everyone or KD is balling. I don't know which one. You I don't know. Personally, I would think you could make it up on the fly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't <laughs> believe it. Somebody went through the effort of printing out a piece of paper, thousands and thousands of piece of paper with three words on it. Just start the chant. Literally just start the chant. People will hear it and start chanting. That's how chants work. But again, I think it's such a poor choice to, to, to yell that if they had done that, People in the other second, is that, are they saying Trey is balling? Are they saying balling? I mean, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it was it was a horrible idea from the get-go is my point. Yes, just the choice exactly. of words. Uh, it sounds too fil- uh, similar to Trey is balling. I'm like Al Davis here. Just boo, baby. Yeah, That's just all boo. you need. Booing sounds awesome and it's fun to do. And there's no debate about what it means. We don't like you. Just boo. Yeah. And if you want to go next level, which I still think is fair game. Do the old, uh, you know, Daryl Strawberry type chant. Do the mocking like Daryl. Now a little more difficult. Trey. I guess it still works. I'm a fan of that too. That just like you get twenty thousand people doing that, picking a name and just picking on that star player to try and uh, shake them a little bit. I like that. Go with the that Raptors, one too. The Raptors did that to Dwight Howard uh, back oh, in like two thousand and eight. Right. It was just Howard, and you could see he, he was definitely like put off by that. I mean, he's never been a great free throw shooter, but the whole arena I got into that. it. Yep. That was awesome. That yeah. was really good. So yeah, that's that's what you need to do because so far 
Trey has killed the Knicks. So, so you know, F you and balding and all that. It's like, it's fuel for Trey. Well, maybe great. they should start some, like, uh, reverse psychology, like Trey playing Pogs with his slammers and all that. <laughs> start cheering him. You know, yeah. start uh, applauding everything Good he does. Shot, That'll Trey. shake him maybe a little bit. Because he'll be like, what? What's going on? Anyway, excited for game three. This is... Uh, you know, one of the more enjoyable series, just with what's going on in it and the back and forth affair. This is a game of runs. This one, Knicks down a ton. Then suddenly the Hawks went on a big run after the Knicks got up. It was it was a lot of fun. So can't wait for game three here in Atlanta. Lee, you got your tickets yet? You going down? No, no. Sunday, one o'clock is where I'm aiming to go for game four. Yeah, Ooh. can't go tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, hoping to go for game four. Okay, okay. Exciting stuff. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up sunflower seeds sure but maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation perhaps good thought here's a breath of fresh air fume fume takes your habit and simply makes it better healthier and more enjoyable fume is an innovative award-winning flavored air device instead of vapor fume uses flavored air instead of electronics fume is completely natural and instead of harmful chemicals fume uses delicious flavors you get it instead of bad fume is good it's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. All right, let's get to the next game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's back. Net 25 in 26 minutes as the Jazz overcome John Morant and the Grizzlies for the 141-129 victory. Uh, Trey, what's your takeaways from this one? Yeah, one of the last things I said on yesterday's show, there's a little bit of pressure on Donovan Mitchell after the way things went down in game one, how he said he was ready to play and the team made the call right before game time saying he's not going to play. He'd missed 18 straight games. That's a lot of rust for uh, an all-star player playing on the number one team in the Western Conference. But the guy just straight up thrived out there. 25 points in 26 minutes, like you're saying, Skeets. He had five threes, and Donovan Mitchell really came out and put his stamp on this game right away. He hit three threes in the first quarter. He was talking trash to Dylan Brooks. That was very cool. You know, this game stayed competitive in the second half. Uh, the Grizzlies make a nice little run, basically led by John Morant there in the third quarter. But I thought it was over in the first half. Mitchell wasn't efficient, but he really gives um, the Jazz a boost emotionally. Just having their leader back was huge. The athleticism that he brings from the perimeter is something that they don't have when he's on the bench. And he was just in the lane all the time last night. Made it a lot easier for Utah to generate three-pointers. They won the three-point shooting battle last night, 19 threes to eight. The math just does not work out for Memphis uh, when that's the case, when the Jazz are shooting threes like they have all season. And Rudy Gobert was honestly dominant last night. 21 points, 13 rebounds, 9 of 11 from the floor, 4 blocks. He's keeping Valanciunas in foul trouble. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. has to kind of step over, and he's just not physical enough to hang with Rudy. So, yeah, 
A nice game for Ja, a Grizz record, 47 points in the playoffs, but to me, the Jazz looked a lot like themselves last night, getting Donovan Mitchell back, getting the three-pointers up. They could have played defense. They didn't really need to last night. They scored 141 points, so I don't know. If you're the Jazz, you're looking at that 129 that Memphis scored and saying, we can be better yeah. uh, in game three, but on a night when you're shooting the ball like they were, didn't really matter. Yeah, Mitchell did a great job, too, of getting uh, Dylan Brooks there in early foul trouble. Like Trey said, talking a little trash to him. Dylan Brooks uh, does it to himself himself, sometimes, too. But uh, there was a lot of Grizzlies in foul trouble early on in this. And uh, this was sort of, I think, like the perfect return, right? Task for a guy who was making headlines for different reasons. Not what he was doing on the floor, obviously. Wanting to play game one. Training staff saying, no, you're not going to go. They ended up losing it. He's like, what the hell's going on here? Like this, you could picture where this could have gone bad. Bad Mitchell game, you know, obviously another loss, whatever, especially with John Morant going off. And it was the opposite. They hit a bunch of threes. Mitchell was great right from the jump. Didn't have to play a ton of minutes. um, And we're all tied up at one. Like this was like ideal for Jazz fans here with Donovan Mitchell's return and the spark he gave them. Yeah, I think it would have been even more ideal if he didn't have to go to the back, if he played more than 26 minutes. Uh, but, yes, it's a it's a really great, really great run uh, to start this game, to get Dylan Brooks in foul trouble. But I'll say the fight that the Grizzlies showed, you know, being down, was it 18 or 20 at half, yeah. and, the, and the way they were able to fight back in the third quarter, it makes it seem to me like this isn't your typical 1-8 matchup. Right. Because a team loses at home, the best team in the freaking NBA – comes out in game two and rolls to definitely, you know, a double-digit lead throughout the game, especially if they're up at half. But the Grizzlies came out in that second half. You'd expect them to just, you know, just drop off and, and say, all right, we got our split. Yeah. But John Morant said, no frickin' way, and they had that 43-point third quarter. Dylan Brooks was pretty impressive to be able to almost match uh, Donovan Mitchell's output with 23 points in just 28 minutes after having those two quick fouls to start the game and had to go to the bench. So this just shows to me that this Grizzlies team, they don't know uh, what pressure is because they are a young team and they are absolutely tearing it up. Like, yeah, the Jazz won a game at home. Uh, that's, that's totally fine, but I can't wait to see what happens uh, in Memphis. Like, it sure feels like we're going to go back at the very least 2-2 back to Utah with the way this team uh, really believes in itself. And, yeah, they made some mistakes. That's great for Dylan Brooks to to screw up here uh, at the at game two and to hopefully go home and not screw up that way. And John Morant to show his teammates that I can frickin' pot 47 on this team to be able to fight back in the late in the third quarter and be within three points uh, and, and force the Jazz to win this game rather than, you know, the, the Grizzlies just to lose it. So it's it's a friggin' great 1-8 matchup. Unlike what we're seeing in the 1-8 and the 2-7 in the East, <laughs> yeah, uh, these teams are uh, at, le- at least following through. You know, the, yeah. that, that play-in tournament in the Western Conference, worth it. We got the best team here, and they are, uh, they're showing up. Yeah, they kept me up late, I'll tell you that, because when it was a 20-point halftime lead, I said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it like six or seven minutes, and if the Jazz make this uh, 25-point lead, 30-point lead, whatever, then I'll probably just pack it in and see what happens uh, in the morning if, you know, anything crazy happened, of course, or what happens in the fourth. And instead, like you said, like Tess said, I mean, holy crap, the show John Moran put on in the third quarter alone to make this a game. It got as close as like two points, I think. Well, I think if DeAndre Melton, I think it was, hits that three in the corner, it's a tied game. Right. Jazz kind of sort of celebrated because he made the pass, but he missed it. Uh, but then the Jazz just kind of pulled away from there. Uh, but yeah, John Moran. But it kept I mean, me up is my point because I was yeah. like, wow, no, this is a game. Like this is like, you know, it, you're right. In the end, Jazz pulled away and did what they had to do. But it definitely was like, Oh, here we go. Like, they, yeah. like, I think it was a perfectly way to put it to us. It was like, we have to win this game. They're not just going to like lose it and hand it over to us. That, that was fun. And 47 points. Holy shit. That's a ton of points yeah. <laughs> for uh, you know, a franchise record, of course. Who had it? Conley. Um, yeah, right, right. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, Conley had a great game in this one, too, mm-hmm. with a 25, mm-hmm. uh, or so, excuse me, 15 assists. So what do you uh, take away from this one, Lily? I mean, yeah, I mean, we all expected the Jazz to win, I think, especially yeah. when Mitchell came back. But Ja had, you know, 47. He had 20 free throw attempts, which is great, because he goes in there and throws his body. And if he threw that dunk down on Rudy Gobert, oh that would God. have been the dunk of ever. I mean, the, he was not close. Like, Rudy basically just stood there. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that he just had the ambition to say, I am going to try to dunk on you is... Uh, is great. But I 
thought Rudy Gobert was very good at both ends because Jaron Jackson is a big man and uh, is a small man in a big man's body. He's just not a big. He's not a banger at all. So when Valanciunas is not out there, Gobert can just roll to the rim and he dunked uh, again late in that fourth quarter. I think he had eight points in the fourth quarter uh, and he really showed that that's where the Jazz have an advantage because if Valanciunas is not on the floor, they're just not. There's no one who can really fill in that position of a big man. So going forward, I think that's something that Jazz need to uh, take more advantage of. And you know, Jack- Jackson went in and Rudy just like swatted him out of there as well. So uh, that's a that's a bit of a hole there for the Grizzlies. But the fact that they 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 really pulled themselves back in here for th- mainly through Jar Moran in that third quarter, I thought was great. And it just shows that this is going to be uh, a closer series. I, I certainly don't see a douchebag sweep coming. I think the Grizzlies have got at least one more win in them, maybe even two if they uh, if things go right for them. Uh, and they're fun to watch. You know, they 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 move that ball around and Dylan Brooks, love him or hate him, and most people hate him if unless you're a Grizzlies fan. He's tough. He's fighting. And, uh, you know, I thought he was good enough. So this is a good series and, and a good test here for the Jazz as well to see how they go now out to Memphis and do they sort of stamp their authority on this series um, in, in the next uh, game or two or do the, do the Grizzlies make them work for it? Because ultimately, I think the Jazz do get past them. I think everyone picked the Jazz. Uh, but it's it's not certainly not going to be a, a walkover for them. Yeah, and I actually always like this. We've talked about this before in years prior. I like when, like, a... Uh a one or a second seed is like challenged a little bit. Like it's a bit of a wake up call with from a, from a, from a tough team. That's a lower seed that no one's picking, but it's not like a walkover. I think that actually always bodes better for you as the playoffs go on. Cause you've like been in these like sort of, you know, wars a little bit earlier. Got a little, uh, that playoff experience or like that wake up call. Um, I think it tends to work out more times than not. So maybe this is a, maybe the Grizzlies are helping the jazz out here for their quest to like try and get back to a conference finals or even the finals and Trey, something you always bring up with the jazz. I saw this, uh, Zach Crom, uh, was sharing it this morning, the three point shooting, and if, like, this team hits threes, it's like, well, they're, they're more times than not going to win. I know you can say that about a lot of teams, but the Jazz, like, percentage-wise, here's the graph, like, breaking it down for this season for the Jazz. Like, when they hit over 40% of their three-pointers, just damn near unbeatable uh, at 24-4. and four. And, you know, on those nights where they struggle, again, this would probably be similar to most teams, but the Jazz especially, uh, they were just 2-6 and six when they were 30% or lower. So it's just something you've always bring up, Trey. And obviously they hit, what, 19 threes last night? Um, yep, 19 threes for the Jazz, 8 for the Grizzlies. That's plus 33 right there. I Ooh. mean, that's tough. That's tough stuff. Lee, what'd you think about that closeout from Dylan Brooks on your mate Joe Ingles there? <laughs> that was wild stuff. Yeah, uh, they were calling. The Grizzlies were calling for an offensive foul. And Joe, on first look, it was like, I can't I can't believe they're calling that. But Joe kind of tries to get the contact. But uh, he gets sort of butt into the shouldery head area there. And uh, that was never going to get overturned, I didn't think. But uh, yeah, it, it, uh, Dylan Brooks, man, for a guy who <laughs> does foul people, sometimes he doesn't even really try to avoid the contact there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting seeing this dude extreme. just fly there, and immediately that Grizzlies bench is just like offensive foul, offensive foul. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But, <laughs> I mean, uh, it looked like it kind of looks like Ingles tries to move under him. Yeah, um, but I think he was just flinching from seeing a guy yeah. flying at his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he's trying to get out of the way. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an unusual defensive closeout from, uh, from Dylan Brooks. There, <laughs> Flying but, uh, knees. <laughs> we are we're only like what five or six days into the. 2021 playoffs here but this first round has been awesome for like the showcase for young guys like John Moran obviously the 47 in the lost her but Trey Young Aiton Booker Luka Doncic again back in the playoffs um there are others like even Brooks if you want to throw him in there obviously a bit of a coming out party for him in terms of uh, casual fans learning his name and who the hell is this guy and wow what a crazy look this guy's got and stuff like that so what a start here to the playoffs is all I'm getting that's great it's, it. it's it's wild, yeah. John Morant, franchise high in the playoffs for the Grizzlies franchise. I always thought that I knew who had the most points in a Grizzlies uniform in the regular season. I, I always thought, but do you guys know who it is? A little is trivia it time. It's not Zebo. No. It's not Pau Gasol. It's not Pau Gasol. Michael Dickerson. Well, it's a Michael. Nice try. Nice Michael. Mm, Michael Dickerson Miller? is up there. Miller. Miller. Yeah, wow. Miller. Wow. Michael Miller? With how many? 45. That's their uh, franchise the regular season. Regular franchise season. Wow. You guys want to name the 40-point scores in Grizzlies franchise <laughs> yes. history? Everybody who scored a 40-pointer. Michael Dickerson is on there. Michael Miller's yeah, on there. Pau Gasol is on there. Okay. Is Mark on there? I don't, I don't Mark know. Gasol is on there. He, had a, he is? Yeah. He had a 42 against the Toronto Raptors. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, we've is, said Mike Conley. Mike I was going to say, is there another yeah. Michael yeah. and Michael Conley? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Randolph? Did Randolph get a 40? Yeah, come on. He didn't, it seems like. Surprisingly. No, he's mm. dropped. He's 38 was his career high. Okay. Okay. Did Vince, Vince ever get a 40 for the Grizz? No. No, he didn't. How many left us? <laughs> uh, we got plenty left. Oh, uh, Sharif Abdur-Rahim? Yeah. Sharif didn't make it. 39. Oh. That's who I thought it was. Uh, uh, Rudy Gay, someone's saying. Rudy yeah. Gay's on one. there. Yeah. yeah. Rudy Gay's on there. A freaking name that a lefty that you would never consider a Grizzly, I don't think. A way back playback. You'd probably consider him a Laker. Nick, um, oh, Anthony Peeler. Anthony Peeler. <laughs> wow, nice uh, one. Um, a guy who came out hot 40? of school thinking uh, his first year may have been his best year. Beasley? No. Tyreek Evans? Mayo. OJ Mayo. OJ, OJ Mayo. that's who I meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a guy who most likely his first year probably was his best year. He started in 1990 frickin' five. Uh, the made they 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 picked him over Damon Stoudemire. Can be no no the Brian Vancouver, Reeves. Brian uh, Reeves had Brian a forty, Reeves point, had a 40 game. point game. He had a forty point game. <laughs> Twenty dumpers. Yeah, <laughs> he had forty one. Uh, and one guy you mentioned, a young guy um, who is currently on the team that we just have. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson had a 43-point yeah. game. That rounds up mm. the list. Yeah, wow. Josh had 44 in the regular season, so he'll pass nice. Mike one day. Mike Miller still holding on to that 45. Nice trivia question. Always love a surprise trivia question here on the show. All right, let's get to the uh, other game from last night. And we will start with the actual basketball for a second here. The Sixers dominated the Wizards behind a very strong Ben Simmons performance. Uh, Tass, Sixers up 2-0. Do the Wizards have any chance to, to win a game in this series? No. 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 Uh, I don't think there's a ton to take from this game, but it was great to see Ben Simmons be aggressive. Uh, so Embiid didn't have to do as much. Ben Simmons taking it to the hole, 22 points. The thing I'm watching for throughout this playoffs is Joel Embiid you know, being a monster. Is he going to be a monster? He only had three free throws in this game. Uh, so I'm watching where he catches it, the shot locations, because that's been <laughs> important with – uh, the Sixers in years past, in the Brett Brown years, and, and then going into uh, to, to last year where they got swept. Um, but, uh, he, you know, I, 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 there's not a lot to take from it uh, with the Washington Wizards, but he, you know, he scored inside. I, maybe he's chilling out, but it was nice to see the other guys take the pressure off him. And hopefully Tobias Harris continues this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's not burning out all his good games. Uh, because he had 19 points on only 13 shots. So everybody working to help out Embiid. George Hill is alive on the bench. They got a uh, you know him at the deadline to be their backup point guard, and he's working out. And then Matisse Thybul comes in, five blocks and four steals. What in, in- nineteen minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nuts. And Doc Rivers said after the game, he's like our defensive Lou Williams. <laughs> like yes, <laughs> that's that's what he does. He's a defensive player. Thinking right there, yeah. But uh, yeah, but you know. Can he not contribute on the offensive end? Because that's what you're saying, right? Because Lou doesn't contribute yeah. on the defensive uh, end. He's not so. great offensively right now, Thibel. No, but a uh, pretty cool stat line. Five points, five blocks, four steals for all us uh, stat muses out there. Yeah, in, in just under 20 <laughs> minutes of, of play. So there's not a lot to take. It's nice that they're getting contribu- contributions from everywhere. And uh, Embiid doesn't have to do too much. Uh, they're, they're a stacked team. And yeah. I think the Wizards realize that. Like, we just... We're not getting enough from everybody else on our roster, uh, besides you know the uh, the guards really, and uh, that's it's not going to be enough against the Sixers team. They're just too good. Ben Simmons, I thought was pretty damn awesome in this. Like Tobias did in Game One, Simmons, I thought was like these guys are too small. <laughs> let's just uh, exactly let's just right. go right at them. He had like three dunks in a minute span at one mm-hmm. point. Simmons had 22 points, 11 for 15, nine boards, eight assists. Had him in the dunker spot a ton of times. If he wasn't attacking those smaller guards, had a beauty dime to Embiid there in transition, and then we got the layup from Joel and and his signature celebration. Yeah. I think we can call it that, right? The Triple H, uh, you know, air hump or degeneration. I mean, he doesn't really chop it. Like uh, he's not crossing his hands, but uh, he's definitely humping the air. But <laughs> it's just There's certainly thrust. Yes. Like four times already uh, this season. So I thought I thought Simmons was awesome in this one, though, Lily. Yeah, I, I guess though you know the league doesn't mind if Joel Embiid does that thrusting, thumping, uh, <laughs> pumping move because uh, he does it. I mean, it was a funny little move that he made there. He sort of fell over. Could have hurt himself, but uh, obviously he didn't. always falls over. <laughs> yeah, um, 
But yeah, it's tough to see where the Wizards are going to win a game here, especially if Russell Westbrook is out for any extended time. Uh, Beal was obviously great, but there's just no one else giving them any sort of support there. So uh, mm-hmm. the Sixers should get through this uh, pretty comfortably and should should sweep them. I mean, they're too good. They're too big. They've got way too many options. And uh, again, Ben Simmons last night, when he looks at the matchups, he's athletic enough, he's fast enough that he can just go into the paint if he wants and dunks and scores. And so uh, that's really what the Sixers should do. They should just drop the hammer on the Wizards here because uh, outside of just a freakish performance from from a Westbrook or a Beal, I can't see how they can really even keep up with the Sixers. Yeah, going to need some uh, Davis Bertans three-pointers. That might help. Another <laughs> 0 for 4 from that guy. Making he did foul out, though. So, oh, he uh, did. He good. used his yeah. fouls. That was yeah. good. Um, yeah, Trey, anything to add to this this game? This series sucks, guys. It does. There's no other way to say like it. It's like a playoff like, series at it all. It does right? not at all. It's like uh, the Wizards' playoff series this year was their second half, getting into the playoffs yeah. and then doing well in the playoff tournament. But like you guys are saying... Um, the Sixers are just too big. Like, Embiid didn't take a ton of shots in the paint last night, but that was just because Ben Simmons was taking every single shot in the paint. It's like anytime Simmons wanted to get his feet in the restricted area, he would just put his shoulder down, and he was in the restricted area for a shot. The same with Embiid. Anytime he actually wanted to be in the lane, he could be in the lane. The only chance that the Wizards have to win a game in this series will be in game four. Maybe Beal has a 60-point game and the Sixers just take their foot off the gas for a classic gentleman's sweep, but this thing is over already. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading a game report for game two here, and they're still referring to the Wizards as a sub-500 team. The sub-500 Wizards, which, yeah, you know, you kind of Technically think true. That is totally true. They are an 8 seed that was a sub-500 team that's in the playoffs, so... It's kind of expected that the best team in the East should smack them around. You know, it could be a five-game series, as you say, but that's where we're going to max out most likely. Sixers should do their best to try and sweep this because if we all think Knicks Hawks is going seven games, that could give the Sixers like, I don't know, like 10 days off maybe, like Mm -hmm. seven to 10 days off, I would assume. If they sweep and the other one goes super, super long, you'd be looking at a long layoff. So, yeah, they're, they're obviously going to try, I assume, to uh, get it done quickly. But we'll see if Beal and, like you said, Westbrook can bounce back uh, from the ankle injury. And maybe, maybe Bertans hits those seven threes in a game in Washington and uh, they got the phone booth bumping there and they can win a game. But it's looking less and less likely, especially with Tobias Harris playing that way and Simmons attacking. They, they are just way too small. Uh, let's get to... Uh, very quickly here, I think, the popcorn being thrown on Russell Westbrook as he was leaving the floor there with the injury. Uh, J.D., I know you do have the clip. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now if you're watching a daily NBA show. There it is. Popcorn comes raising down. Westbrook, obviously, furious. They're pointing at the guy. Who is it? Who is it? He was uh, removed from the arena after the game. Westbrook said the amount of disrespect, the amount of fans just doing whatever the f- they want to do. I'm all for the fans enjoying the game, having fun. It's part of sports. I get it. But there are certain things that cross the line. Um Wells Fargo Center is apparently responsible for disciplining the fan, not the Sixers team uh, because of the way they leased the arena. They came out and said, you know, this is, of course, uncalled for. I, I assume this, this fan will be banned for life. But does more need to be done at all? Lee, can more be done? Um, what, what was your your take on this bullshit? Well, I, I don't know what you can do to stop someone doing that. I mean, I, that's going to happen. It's happened before where fans get too close. But um, I think the only thing they can do, and, and even this is hard to enforce, is just say, come out. And the Sixers, they shouldn't pass any responsibility here and say, well, let Wells Fargo deal with it. The Sixers should come out and say, we're banning him for life no matter what because they need to show that they don't tolerate any of that stuff. But again... How do you ever actually enforce that a couple of years down the line? If someone buys that guy a ticket, he can come back into the arena. I don't think anyone's going to be able to prevent that from ever happening. But you would hope as well that other fans in the arena there would, would like like it is kind of with racism. It's like if you hear someone saying something inappropriate, don't just sit there quietly. Like point it out and hopefully the other fans can sort of uh, also get, get the help the security and help the team out by saying it's this guy, here it is chuck him out because mm-hmm. um i mean like i say you, you can never fully prevent it but you know fans go there and have fun and someone like that probably just like oh, i'll just throw it on him he won't care i mean russell it took like five guys to hold russell back there for about two minutes it felt like before him to want to go into the fan uh, up into the stand but he said as well like if that was on the street there's no way the guy's throwing uh, popcorn on on russell westbrook but he's doing it from the safety of his seat so uh 
I, I would like to see the Sixers come out and issue an apology to Westbrook and the Wizards and then also say that they're uh, preventing that fan from... I'm sure they will. As much as they can to uh, stop him from ever coming back. But um, What about stupid. going next level with this? I mean, yeah, he's banned from the arena. He's banned from NBA games. Okay, that's great. That's a good start. Shouldn't we like have this guy's face and name plastered all over the place? Should he not be like publicly shamed? Lose yes. friends? Maybe lose his job? It's like... Well, he may. He may. I mean, uh, like we saw, there's, there's already Getty photos of the guy in New York who apparently spat on uh, Russell Westbrook, so it's easy to identify the That's person. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I, like I say, it's uh, the guy probably just thought, you know, maybe it wasn't a big deal, and it obviously got... Uh, got Westbrook and uh, and he wanted to fight him and maybe they just say you know what you have to fight Westbrook now. Well, yeah, that's what everybody that was on Twitter last night. That like, was Barkley's suggestion. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I think you should be able to go into the stands and fight the fan who does that to you. Sure. And that, I mean, that's honestly, this is almost exactly what happened with the malice in the palace, yeah. right? Somebody threw something from the stands that incensed uh, Ron Artest and he went into the stands. Now, obviously, that's never going to happen. But even Ernie Johnson was like. Come on, Chuck. We can't have players going into the stands to fight them. Maybe we bring the fan down and they fight them on the <laughs> yeah. court. If Ernie Johnson is suggesting this, you know things have gotten too bad. And yeah. it keeps happening with Westbrook. People keep trying to test Westbrook. I don't understand why. Just boo. Just boo. Just mm-hmm. boo. It's easy. Yeah. Anything to add here, Tess? Well, yeah. Part of what makes basketball so great is fans extremely close to the action. So we're likely going to see this continue. I, I don't see the turnaround of uh, human or mankind really happening in the next uh, week or so. Uh, so it's going to happen. It's, it's unfortunate because we all want to be close. We all want to be there. We all want to feel the sweat usually. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for Russell Westbrook and the Wizards that, you know, this wasn't uh, far closer to him. You know, that there was an awning and that there was like, you know, 15 feet uh, right. distance. So we didn't have a malice at the palace scenario because, yeah, those there needed to be like six guys literally on top of, you know, each on top of, uh, you know, one of Westbrook's muscle masses, you know, like they were just like all over his shoulders and his forearms and his arms to hold him back. Uh, I had flashbacks of, of Charles Oakley in uh, in Madison Square Garden there for a sec, the way they had to, to hold him back and, uh, you know, the, the, that ridiculous scene that happened there with uh, with James Dolan in the Knicks, uh, it's yeah, it, it's it's what what else is there to say? It's you know people are dumb. Uh, as long as I, I'm glad it wasn't something you know a lot heavier. Uh, like you know sometimes it happens in in European basketball where batteries are thrown at guys, uh, and luckily this was uh, just popcorn kernels. But it's uh, yeah, it's dumb. It's just dumb. Wasn't it a year or two ago Isaiah Thomas went up in the Philadelphia crowd? Remember he walked up because like, there the was one or two guys. That's right. Yeah, like yelling, uh, you know, F you to him or whatever the heck they're yelling at him. And he got suspended, IT did, for going up there a game or two, if I remember correctly. Um, but those fans were banned for life uh, from Wells Fargo Center. So, again, that's good. That's a step. Like, look, in Europe, football, rightly, at a certain point, if, if the fans cross the line... Now, I want to make sure to say, like, I'm, we're criticizing the moron who threw popcorn, not mm-hmm. the, the entire city, not the entire Sixers fan base. But when things continue in an arena, an environment, like on the soccer pitch, stuff like that, do they not sometimes go to the extreme of like, well, empty arena? Like, it actually penalizes everybody. That has happened before, unless yeah, I'm mistaken. I, I, think it's hap- I think it happened maybe in Turkey, uh, okay. um, somewhere like that. I don't think it's happened in England. Um, okay. I don't believe, but uh, I, I think actually England, though, were actually banned from the European Championships in like the 80s because their fans were going too crazy. So they mm. sort of kicked them out of the whole league for a season or two. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely has happened. Um, but again, it's it, it's it's like you can't ever fully stop it because people just, you know, when they're in a bad mood or whatever at a game, they feel they can say it and they're going to get away with it. It's just it's, it's, it's almost impossible to ever totally eradicate it 
from any sport. Well, this event, is the problem. They feel entitled because they've yeah. paid money for this ticket and they oh, just that think they can do whatever like they want. I paid my t- it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's the stupidest uh, take in sports. But, um, yeah. you know, because again, it, 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 what we're all saying here is you wouldn't go up to someone on the street, certainly not an athlete who's massively bigger than you and stronger, and scream and swear at them and say things about their family to them. And you think that there's a safety barrier because you've paid, you know, you've paid my, I've paid my money. That means I get to do whatever I want. Well, that doesn't work at all. That's not how things go. You don't go into a restaurant and just, well, I pay my money. I can scream and swear at the uh, waiting staff and the, and the hotel or the restaurant just because I didn't like my meal. People do it. doesn't mean it's right, but that's, uh, that's the way it is. It's like you don't just, just because you paid your money doesn't mean you now get a free hit to say or do whatever you want. Uh, uh, we got a fan here. You brought up um, the Isaiah Thomas scenario skeets where he went into the crowd. Luis in the stream team reminded us that uh, the fan when approached, when confronted by Isaiah Thomas, said, sorry, I just wanted a Frosty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's that's the, the money quote from that, that fan. Uh, you know, not to, to joke about it, but that was, that was uh, hilarious um, af- after the fact that he just wanted a Frosty, but uh, doesn't realize, you know, you got to kind of have to be a human being and not be an a-hole. They're still giving away Frosties in, uh, in Philadelphia. That's good. Miss two free throws, you get a Frosty. Okay. Um, let's take a, a quick break here and we'll get to Tweet of the Night. What did you say was the goat? Uh, potassium. Oh, yeah, right, right. That makes yes. sense. Banana Man. <laughs> the right. goat. Yeah. And your avocado's got plenty of potassium in there. So, mm. uh, mm, mm. stop you from cramping. I know you're a bit of a cramper when you go out and play basketball there, Skeetsy. So. <laughs> not, not, not really. Not uh, you're a little bit of a cramper. Big cramper. Turns out if you just drink water, be it hydrant or just water, yeah, you cramp less. Uh, I'll get the odd big toe cramp every once in a while. Mm. That sucks. You ever get that, Lee, at all? No, you got Not so really. much potassium coursing really, through your body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm potassium positive, my man. You need uh, to uh, <laughs> up your game a little. Yeah. The goat tassium. The goat. Goat All right. Cramper boy, someone's saying. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's pretty good. I like that. Big uh, cramper damper. It's good to have Everlane and Hydrant uh, supporting the show here. Uh, Love it. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night comes to us from Stefan Bondi at the New York Daily Times. More fan talk. The garden was rocking and the crowd skewed college age. Two were in front of me and removed their shoes so they could (laughs) wave them in the air. Why their shoes? No idea. I did wonder how all these 20-something-year-olds get the money for tickets. A great tweet for a few reasons. What's up with the shoes? Why would you take your shoes off? We saw the Dr. Seuss hat at game one. Now people are taking off their shoes, wobbling through the air. How is this a way of celebrating a game? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, were they, like... The only thing I can think of is like, were they Nick's colored shoes, you know? (laughs) Maybe, maybe, yeah. It's still very weird, but that's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah. Gotta stand out. Gotta stand out these yeah. days. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Pop your shoes off. Wiggle them <laughs> above your head. Go, Knicks! I love it. But the other part I like about this tweet is that Tass had a similar tweet saying, how do all these young people afford Knicks tickets? Please tell me their secrets, similar to what Stefan said. My favorite response was from Brandon, who said, not too hard to save up a few hundred bucks over eight years. Oh, uh, that's good. Got that's a, that that guy got a follow for that tweet. That's for funny. Nice. sure. Yeah. That's funny. That is well done. That good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is good too from Luis, who says, if people were taking off Timberlands, oh, damn Zoomers. Ah, you got me. Luis <laughs> says, some Tims. If you were taking off Timberlands oh. in Madison mm. Square Garden, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Yeah. Meryl would love it. That's for sure. Damn um, Zoomers. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, you're. It's it's a lot of money to live in New York City for crying out loud. Let it go. Let alone go to a Knicks game. So uh, you know these young, the young boys, probably have some rich parents. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah that's but what everyone was saying rich parents. Honestly, though, if you spent a bunch of money to go to the Knicks game last night, and you're a Knicks fan, probably totally worth it, right? Of course. The first Knicks playoff win mm-hmm. in a decade in Madison Square Garden. That would be exciting times, even if you don't have your shoes on. Yeah. Well, remember our friend, uh, Tass, you remember this. Trey, you too, I bet. Like, Daryl Brown, 
our buddy, he'd get out on the dance floor. He was having a great time at a particular bar establishment. I just remember he would take off his shoes. And then at one point, it became a thing like when the night reached that level on the dance floor, that everybody started taking off their shoes <laughs> and making a pile of shoes. This happened more than once. Tass, yeah. back me up on this. This may yeah. have happened at your, like, uh, your, like basically your uh, wedding reception, right? Did it happen there? Oh, I the can tell you. Off I of your place? I, yeah, I don't think so. But no, it's happened, happened many times, yeah, for sure. It's fun. Uh, it's just fun being free, right? Uh, <laughs> I guess you know, so. The, the restrictions of all that leather and synthetic leather holding you back. You take those off. <laughs> Woo-wee! Yeah, you see how, yeah, yeah pile. Move your tootsies. Yeah, all and synthetic sh- leather is holding me back. Yeah. I just want to be free. I, I get it. Some people saying here in the stream team, it's just a pile of foot stank. John, I get what you're saying, but then you can try somebody else's shoe on. Uh, it's like, you know, a little, little free try on. Uh, so, oh, maybe I like these shoes. I put on some. We turn this dance floor into a footlocker. Yeah, does anybody have an extra pair of socks? I don't want to try these on barefoot. Uh, yeah, I, I tried on definitely some, some lady shoes that were too small. I'd probably stretch them out a little bit. Um, but uh, what are you going to do? Oh, that was a blast. Oh, it was yeah. a blast. Young and free. First time I ever put on a pair of Birkenstocks, Tass, they were your Birkenstocks. Huh. Too small for me, but they felt so good. I was like, there you go. I'm in the game now. So, yeah, I like it. Maybe they should do this at the next game. Take your shoes off. Let somebody in your section try them <laughs> on. <laughs> See, maybe you got a new pair of shoes you like now. I don't know. That was okay. an awesome dance floor, man. We were dancing. <laughs> I was dancing in Birkenstocks. Nah, I don't want to do that. Uh, I think this was at a this was at a cottage. I at one know, point. I know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I would never. Well, we were probably dancing in Birkenstocks at a cottage. Yeah, that's possible for sure. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. That happened. Uh, all right. Tonight's games. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. Uh, tonight's games. Three of them. We're up to game three with all of these. Bucks Heat. Wow. Miami needs it. Down 2-0. Losing uh, both games in Milwaukee. That one on TNT. We got Suns Lakers. That one. All tied up at one game apiece. Pivotal game three, Lee. Oh, yeah. I think Magic Johnson was tweeting about uh, <laughs> pivotal games last night. I think he said game three or five are pivotal. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. He said there's no bigger game in a series than game three. Yeah, he didn't game. use the word pivotal, but that's what he meant. <laughs> like, everyone, Magic, what about game seven? Is there a bigger game than game seven? <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. Nope. He's just perfect magic he's just so perfect uh so that is a, a big one according to magic johnson suns and lakers that's uh the second game on tnt and your nba tv game tonight is nuggets blazers game three and that series also tied up at one game apiece uh trey any any predictions from any of these three games get as crazy or as basic as you want <laughs> cool uh first quickly this is a quick shams bomb Statement from the Philadelphia 76ers, the fan who dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook has had his season ticket revoked and been banned from Wells Fargo Center indefinitely. So there's your answer to what's going down with what happened last night. See ya, and you lost your season tickets. Perfect. Uh, What's going to happen tonight? I'm just looking forward to another duel between Nikola Jokic and Damian Lillard. Uh, These two teams, with the way their seasons have gone and with now Jamal Murray being out of the lineup for the Nuggets, but Michael Porter Jr. taking a step up, they're similar quality rosters, I do think, uh, you know, from basically one to nine. Uh, So sometimes it kind of comes down to who's balling out the hardest. Is it going to be Jokic or is it going to be Lillard? Jokic was incredible in game two. Let's see if that's the case again in game three tonight. Tass, got a prediction for uh, any of tonight's three games? Well, I just look forward to how the Suns come out here. On the road, they're seven-point dogs in Los Angeles. Wow. What? You know, so everybody uh, you know, proclaiming the Lakers as the favorite in this series. Now they got something else to put on the bulletin board uh, that people now think that this series is over. And that's sort of a yeah, common thought across the board. But they're, they're not dying. No freaking way. And we'll see what kind of Chris Paul... Uh, comes out against the the Lakers, but uh, I expect Devin Booker to be better, even though he had 31, 17 were from the line, so he only made seven shots from the floor. They did a great job. They always do of getting the ball out of uh, Devin's hands, but hopefully Chris is there to take some of the pressure off him, and hopefully Devin's just better at it. This is That was a little hiccup for him in game two, I thought, uh, that being his second playoff game ever, so I think he'll bounce back. 
Lily, take us home. What's your prediction? Give me something good here. Make it bold, man. <laughs> well, the game I'm most excited for is Nuggets Blazers because uh, this one is a pivotal game three in this series here. <laughs> Thanks, oh, magic. Oh, easy yeah. magic. Oh, the most pivotal. Uh, you know, look, the Nuggets, the Nuggets, I, I'm just really interested to see how they defend Lillard and how, how the Blazers mix it up if uh, if uh, anything from game two is to be taken from it because I really think that uh, if you're uh, Michael Malone, you put Aaron Gordon on Lillard from the start and just see if you can right. disrupt that flow because the last game of the regular season, I know it's not the best example, but the Blazers just lit up the Nuggets from three-point range. Nuggets didn't play in the second half. That was uh, just the last game. But that's the sort of thing with the Blazers at home. If they get those threes falling early, might be a little bit tough for Denver. But uh I think it's the, the, the smart move is, is uh, put the longer, more athletic guy on Lillard and then see if those other guys can beat you in this series. Uh, maybe they can, but uh, I think if you can uh, stagnate Lillard somewhat, that's going to be Denver's best chance. Have we had a 50-point performance in this year's playoffs yet? Am I forgetting one, or is 47 the uh, high right now from John Moran? That sounds right, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had the Tatum plane, if you count no, that. No, no, I'm never counting that! Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so I'm uh, my weird prediction is somebody's going for 50 tonight because we got some uh, obviously some monster names out there. It could be a Booker, it could be a, it could be an Anthony Davis, even it could be a, of course a Lillard, a Jokic. Somebody's going for 50. Someone's going to take. Uh, someone's going to outdo sort of John Morant's 47 there from last night. That'll be my weird prediction with one of these games. I guess it could be. Giannis. Yeah, that might be a little more could difficult. Be. Could Jimmy go bonkers? I wait. can't wait to find out. Can't wait to find out tonight. Where are my wedgies at? Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, haven't had a wedgie in the playoffs. Haven't we had a beef had one last in the playoffs. Night. Yeah, close. Yeah, 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 yeah. close. Had some weird game. bounces off the rims, I would say, during the playoffs so far, but no stickerooskies. Let's yeah. get one tonight. That'd be nice. All right, three games on. We'll be back tomorrow to break them all down. It will be the Drop Podcast, but still live at 10 a.m. Let's call it 10.05 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Podcast up uh, as soon as we possibly can after that. Thanks so much for joining us here. Shout out to the stream team, as always. Appreciate you guys for jumping in there and leaving your comments. Go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Get yourself a nice No Dunks t-shirt here for the summer. In fact, buy one and then tie-dye it like some people are out there. I know in the uh, No Dunks Discord... They were showing that off, Trey. I think you tweeted it out from the No Dunks Twitter account. My God, it looked awesome. Yeah, looked really good. And I think there's going to be more coming down the line from some of the Discord dunkers because I was getting rave reviews. Uh, Who was it? Whammoth Sam? Shout out to Whammoth Sam <laughs> with the tie-dye. <laughs> Whammoth Sam, the tie-dye guy. <laughs> awesome. Get yourself an athletic subscription. If you don't have one, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. And uh, again, if you can, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Leave your comments below the video and smash that like button. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the tastiest burger is a 50 burger. Embrace the day, people. Peace.